Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi everyone, how are you? This is Nina Clark, your host of Nina's Got Good News. Welcome back everyone. I've been thinking about everyone so much lately. I know this is such challenging times for all of us and I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. I do believe staying positive and finding some good news is more important now than ever before, and that's always been the mission of this podcast since we launched it back in 2018. Please remember to subscribe to Nina's Got Good News on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts so you won't miss any new episodes. So welcome to podcast number 76. This is a special episode, and we're actually doing something very different than we've ever done before, so stay with me here. In full transparency, I'm gonna give you the backstory right now to this episode. I recorded an amazing interview with a good friend before COVID hit. The interview was all focused on self-care. And fast forward to right now, and we actually need self-care tips and advice now more than we ever did before. We need it more than we ever could have known that we needed it before. The amazing guest that I interviewed is an expert in self-care and in wellness. Her interview is still great content and we will be playing most of that interview for you today. She has been forced to pivot with her small business during these challenging times and she's had to make changes and enforce safety protocols and procedures since she reopened her small business. So I asked her to join me quickly now to discuss that new and important information with everyone today. You guys are going to love our entire interview because she's so good and so helpful for all of us. As soon as I see her and hear from her, I instantly feel better, and I know you guys will too. So joining me now is licensed acupuncturist, Chinese herbalist. She's an extremely passionate about health and wellness. She owns her own wellness business here in Connecticut called Indigo Wellness. She's also the author of two books on health and wellness, my friend Sarah Swanberg is with me now. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. I should say, actually, welcome back. Welcome again. How are you? Thank you so much for having me back. It feels like a, a lifetime ago that we last chatted like this. I know. And who knew back when we recorded that original interview that this pandemic would literally turn our worlds upside down, but it did. And so now here we are, and I just want to start off by asking, how are you doing? How's your family doing? How's everything going right now? Oh, you're so sweet to ask. Um, I'm great. I'm back to work as of a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's been a rough, a really rough ride for, for all of us, um, but I am definitely a silver lining type of person. I, I'm a silver lining type of person, but I like to acknowledge the storm cloud too. And as a small business owner and a small business owner who's, you know, my livelihood is based on touching people. This has been pretty wild, not anything I ever dreamed of, but all in all, I'm really good. And I feel, you know, I think what they say, um, the abs that absence makes the heart grow fonder is certainly true. And so um, getting back to work has been really a gift and just a reminder of how lucky and fortunate I am to do what I do. And to your point, I think self-care is more important now than it even was a couple months ago. So um, thanks for having me back. And it's just, it's always so nice to chat with you. Oh, you're the best. You really do make all of us feel better. So 
tell us since you've reopened Indigo Wellness, um, now you've had had to reopen with some changes. It's different than when I was last in there months ago. So walk us through all the changes and how it's all going so far. Sure. So we closed on uh, Friday the 13th, which feels really... Uh, March 13th. Yep. I mean, that was, that was pretty wild. We thought it would be for a few weeks, which I think we all thought. Um, and of course, safety of our patients and our staff was the priority and still is. Um, it took a little... Um, time to sort of get clarity from the state about what level of healthcare providers they considered us, and we are now written into the Essential Healthcare Provider Act. So that's awesome, which means um, we can remain open no matter what happens. But what my um, my plan going into this was to not open until we felt like we could be above and beyond just the CDC guidelines um, as far as safety for everybody that walks in the door. And not that that wasn't a priority before, it always has been. Um, but one of the goals that I had when I opened my office was to feel very unclinical, to feel like you're at home, you're in a comfortable, warm, inviting space. So to kind of have to pivot really quickly into this very sterile environment um, was, I don't want to say a challenge. It just took a lot of planning. So what we are doing is limiting any patient overlap. We have a really lovely uh, waiting area where we used to serve tea and we would invite patients to come, you know, 20 minutes before their appointment time to just like relax and get into that, like, you know, place where you could leave everything outside. So now we are asking people to come just at their appointment time. Uh, when they walk in, uh, we're requiring everybody to wear a mask in the office. Um, we are scanning foreheads um, with the thermometer, and then we are really changed up our room setups a lot. So we've removed all of the linens. We're spraying every surface down with hospital grade disinfectant um, from the doorknobs to the tables, um, chairs, and then we're using table paper and you know all of the safety things so that you really you're in a in a sterile environment um, when you enter and when you leave we're doing um, prepayment for all of the visits um, yeah we're all in scrubs and masks and that's been interesting i most of my patients know i love to kind of express myself with what i'm wearing so going to scrubs has been um interesting, but I kind of like it. I don't know. It's, it takes a lot of thought out of it. Um, but that just creates a barrier from sort of our outside lives into what happens in the office. And then we're all changing as we leave and um, people feel really good about it. And my goal, you know, I treat mostly women's health and that means everything from hormones to fertility um, to uh, you know, perimenopause type symptoms, but we see so much stress and anxiety. And my, my goal is to not add any anxiety to anybody um, who's thinking about coming in to see us. That is, would, would really work against what we're going for. So um, we are going above and beyond and we continue to kind of monitor what's going on out there. Um, but we've had amazing feedback from the people that walk in that they just feel a thousand percent safe in our care. And so that feels good. Oh, that's so good. And I love the fact that you're making sure no one has any added stress um, just by making everyone feel totally safe and comfortable. I think that's so important right now. So what are you hearing right now from your clients who are actually coming in? Are you seeing like an increase in anxiety and stress? Because I'm feeling it as a mom and, you know, just my girlfriends I know are feeling it. I'm sure you are too. But what are your clients telling you when they're coming in now when it comes to self-care? What's happening out there? 
Yeah. I mean, I think the stress of just everything going on is really, it's people are using the terms like they're feeling like they're unraveling or they're just like hitting a wall and, or they're burnt out that kind of like crispy fried feeling. And I feel it too. I think we're all, you know, especially um, moms, I think we've had to prioritize everybody um, in our lives ahead of, of us, which is something that moms tend to do. And it's, it's an area that I love to, to work in because I think I really do believe like we can't take care of the people in our lives without taking care of ourselves first. Um, but it has, it's been a really tough time for that. And so people are seeing symptoms that they haven't seen in years. So chronic pain is popping up, headaches and migraines and back pain that, um, you know, maybe they had experienced years ago. And then of course, insomnia, anxiety, that kind of um, palpitation-y type feeling where you're just like waiting for the next shoe to drop. And, um, and our nervous systems are fried. We're not designed to withstand like the length of stress and trauma that I think we're all experiencing and in different, in different ways and not just COVID with, you know, everything that's happening in the world right now. Um, we are trying to really just turn that clock back a little bit for the people that are coming in to see us and just saying like, what we can't change is what's happening out there, but what we can change is your resiliency and the way that your body can, can kind of weather this storm. So all of it and hormone stuff. I mean, oh my God, PMS, like, Ooh, that's a rough one. And so during this time, we've been doing a lot of virtual consults with our patients and clients and just sort of helping them, um, you know, tap into the other tools that they have in their homes. Um, but coming in and just being able to take that hour to yourself on the acupuncture table, it's like watching people bloom. Like they come in like withered little like house plants and it's like watering them. And you can just see when they get up that life is better. Oh, even if it's I know that must make you feel so good that you're, you're helping so many people like that. I, I love that about you, Sarah. So let's end on some silver linings here because you, you're like me, you like the silver lining, like you said, and um, we love good news. So tell us some of the positive things you learned when you had to pivot and do your business during COVID virtually, like you talked about. What are some of the positive things that you learned from that? Well, I think my initial gut reaction was like, I can't work, like there's, I can't help anybody without an acupuncture needle. And the reality is acupuncture is just one of the tools that I use as a Chinese medicine practitioner. Um, we do, as part of what we do, there's a lot of coaching, there's a lot of herbal medicine, there's dietary support and lifestyle modifications. So um, that has, tapping back into those has been really amazing and making me you know, realize that there are other opportunities to continue to educate and share the knowledge that I have with people who can't come in to see us. And that sort of opens up a whole other world as far as business ideas go. So that's really exciting. Um, and I also think the silver lining of this time is sort of a coming together of community and, and people, yourself included, like realizing how, or, or thinking about like how we can continue to really support each other. And I just love that. And I think um, that there will be some really amazing gifts that come out of this wild time. Yeah, this wild roller coaster. Yep. And I'm sure now you're, you're definitely an expert on Zoom. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm sure that's been a positive too. So. All right, Sarah. Well, thank you for the update. And now, because we love Sarah Swanberg so much, we are going to go to our original interview, Sarah, because everyone needs more self-care tips and advice. 
from the expert herself in the original interview that we did before COVID. So here's more with the incredible, knowledgeable wellness expert, Sarah Swanberg. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us the scoop on Sarah Swanberg. Okay, so I am a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist, as you mentioned. I um, am a mom to two little girls. I'm a wife. I'm a sister, a daughter, friend. I do a lot. Um, I have written two books. I also have um, a program that I run with my sister called The Fruitful Program. So there's a lot of good stuff happening. But really, I guess my whole goal goal is to help people feel their best so that they can do everything else well. It's not just wellness for wellness sake. It's it's feeling great so you can go have fun and be with your kids and go on adventures. So um, yeah, that's sort of, that's my, my spiel. I love all that. And it's so true. When you walk into your office, I feel like you want to get to the bottom of everything. Like you ask such good questions when you're with your clients and patients and you really just do. You like want everyone to be, you know, feeling really good no matter what's going on. Um, but why do you think that you like? Where's the belief coming from from you that that you think the body can actually naturally heal itself no matter what the condition or the ailment? Well, I would say I don't think that's true for everything. In fact, I have type one diabetes. I'm on an insulin pump. Like I don't think that my pancreas is going to heal. But I think that our bodies have this really amazing ability to heal when we're kind of led in the right direction. And I think Western medicine's amazing at fixing symptoms, especially emergency and acute medicine, um, or really bigger picture things. I have type 1 diabetes. I was diagnosed at age 7. I think that's given me a lot of perspective on health, but I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the technology and uh, artificial insulin that keeps me kicking. But I think that a lot of times we have symptoms that are actually sort of the the branches of what could be a a root imbalance. And that's the way Chinese medicine looks at the body. And I just, it resonates so much with me that everything's connected. And yes, thank God we have medications and um, treatments that can treat those symptoms quickly. But if we really want to feel great, we have to look at what might be going on sort of below the surface that's causing those. And so people will come in with a lot of symptoms that they don't think are connected. And I do, because that's the way Chinese medicine looks at the body. And if we can go to that deeper stage and try to fix what's out of balance, a lot of times those symptoms do resolve. And so that's, it's just sort of a different way of looking at the way the body works and we can heal from things and I see it happen all the time and I love to I don't really consider myself a healer I don't love that term because I think of myself more as like a guide you're the healer our right. bodies are just really powerful and um, sometimes we just need to be sure you're, you're leading us you're leading us in the right yes, direction I'll be your, yeah you'll be the leader, leader. <laughs> I love that so do you think maybe because you have type 1 diabetes is that why do you think in a way that sort of led you on a health and wellness path of your own? I think so, although I probably wouldn't say I was very tapped into wellness as a kid. I think I, like any kid, didn't want to have this um, this disease. But it did, at a young age, teach me that like what I eat is important to how I feel and like how my blood sugars were managed played a role in sort of yeah, just how I felt overall. So I think maybe I being more in touch with your body. Yes, I was and, very. Yeah. I had to be in touch with my body and sort of have an awareness of how everything worked together from a very young age. And then, of course, I went through my like pretty typical teenage college years of thinking, I don't want this disease. I'm not going to pay attention to it. And then you um, you pretty realize pretty quickly realize um, that's 
not the solution to feeling good. And I realized if I wanted to feel good, I had to pay attention to my body. But at the same time, I always felt like there was this piece missing with my own medical care in that I didn't want to be just a lab value. I wanted that to be something obviously important, but like that informed the bigger picture. So when I was in my 20s and started going to acupuncture for just like work stress and anxiety and sleep, it was the first time that I felt like somebody was asking me questions about all of my body, all of my systems and how they work together. And I just thought it was fascinating. Um, that that, that you know, planted the seed maybe for Oh, that you, totally right? planted the seed. I was like, wow, okay. I never, it never occurred to me that like PMS and digestion and sleep could all, you know, issues there could all be coming from a similar place. And it led me to, to just a curiosity mm-hmm. about different ways of looking at the body, um, at the time, I had a totally different career and never thought that I was going to go down this path, but it was that sort of idea that like, oh, I really am fascinated by this. And um, my my now husband, then boyfriend, sort of like jokingly was like, why don't you just go become an acupuncturist, which to be fair, is not that easy <laughs> to do, uh, but it was... Well, he was probably like, wait, you're talking about this so much, Sarah, right? Well, I think yeah. he could see that I was like... It was that like seed of, it wasn't a passion yet, Mm -hmm. but like I loved the idea of like, I don't know, being a detective and looking at things and working with people and kind of using both my, my analytical brain, but my creative brain too. So now I look back and I'm like, thank God I made that. Yes. Yeah. You had a really big career pivot, right? And then tell us, how did you come up with this idea to have this business? And I love the name too, Indigo. So tell us about the name, but then just sort of the journey about opening it. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing about um, becoming an acupuncturist, you go to Chinese medicine school, it's a very intense four-year at least program. But there's not a lot of career options out there for us. So most of us do have to start our own practices. Um, and that's hard if you don't have a business background. We don't get enough business training. But because I came from sort of a creative field um, and I sort of like this stuff, it was it was exciting for me. I knew I was going to open a practice on my own. And I knew that someday I wanted it to be very wellness oriented. So if it could become, you know, like an integrative sort of model where I think you have to have a lot of tools in your toolbox and acupuncture is an important one, but not the only one. Um, That was always the end goal. Um, As far as Indigo goes, actually, my practice was originally called Fairfield Family Acupuncture. I was located in Stanford. Um, But that just It's a long story, but that was a little bit confusing. My original business plan in school was called Indigo Acupuncture. Um, Was that your favorite color? Indigo is actually, it is my favorite color. I love blues and purples. Yeah, I do too. The indigo plant is a Chinese herb. It's really powerful. antiviral, antibiotic kind of uh, medicine. So my oldest daughter, Sadie, who's now seven, it's her middle name. Um, she, we, we called her Blueberry. It was her nickname throughout my pregnancy. And um, we wanted to Did kind of like- know a, that you called her Blueberry? That's <laughs> yes. so cute. It was those like pregnancy apps. Yeah, you know, It says like your baby's the size of a blueberry. Yes, when I was I like- remember those. Eight yep. weeks, she was eight weeks, uh, or I was eight weeks pregnant. I told my whole family and the nickname just kind of stuck. So I like 20 blueberry. weeks pregnant. They're like, yeah. how's that little blueberry? growing. She was a very large blueberry (laughs) towards the end, but um, we kind of wanted to like... Did you deliver a Smurf baby? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she was born with these bright blue eyes and we were like, okay, somehow we needed... I also at that point could not imagine her, imagine calling her anything but blueberry. So we kind of had been playing around with a lot of names and Sadie Indigo just felt like it was a... 
it kind of was a nod back to my Chinese medicine training and her just like blueberryness. Yes. And oh my gosh. So then when I wanted to rebrand my practice a few years ago, it was like just such an obvious yes, choice. It's so and good. I it's so good. It. Yeah. And it has so many meat. There's so much meaning There's behind so it. There's so much yes. meaning behind it. It's like I'm very visual and creative and I love the color and the indigo plant which has been used for dyes. And yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot. I know. And, it. and it's so good for your marketing because your logo is like all the good colors. And the and yeah, it's so good. So what is the number one reason why people come to see you? Ooh, that's a good question. So one of the things I love so much about Chinese medicine is its ability to treat so many different things because you are looking at this sort of like root cause symptom and pattern diagnosis. But I really love women's health and working with women specifically. So I, I do a lot of fertility work. A lot of people know about acupuncture um, because of its sort of track record um, fertility. It's, it's a place where we've been able to really study how effective acupuncture is. But stress, I mean, anxiety, sleep, insomnia, digestive issues, I mean, stress is a big problem for a lot of people. And one of the things acupuncture is so good at is sort of regulating the nervous system. So taking us out of that fight or flight and into that rest, digest and repair mode. Um, and I think we also at Indigo like create a space where people can come in and talk and really feel like they're they're being heard and listened to. So um, you're you're sort of a therapist. Well, too, right? I mean that yeah. is that is part of yeah. what is so important about mm-hmm. Chinese medicine. And there's you're a no good such listener. thing you're as such thank a good you. Um, there's no such thing as like mind body connection. It's all the same. So emotions are just as mm-hmm. important as like physical function for things. So people do tell us that all the time. We go through lots of boxes of tissues a week, but I feel proud to like create have a space where people feel like they can share with us, um, because I think that's really important Mm -hmm. to healing too. Now, does it worry you that so many of us are coming in with so much stress? Does that ever like weigh on you? Yeah, I think I feel like it's more than ever, right? Absolutely. I think there's a lot going on in the world right now. I think for those of us that are moms who are running businesses too, I'm sure you can relate. It's a lot of balls to keep in the air Mm -hmm. and it can be really hard to slow down. But I think... That's not going anywhere right now, and we just need to learn the tools to manage it. I mean, Mm -hmm. the world is changing pretty rapidly, I think, even in the last decade with social media. Like, that is a stress for people, too. I'm sure sure you know. Um, But... Uh, and this kind of constant flow of news and information. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not going to change. So we need to change and we need to adapt a little bit to handle that. And I think having these sort of self-care tools that can help um, help us navigate this is super helpful. So I love getting acupuncture, as you know, Sarah. But when, I, when I'm going to do it or after I've done it, I get so, so many people, their, their biggest question is like, doesn't that hurt? Yeah. They're like scared of it. It's and it cracks me up because once you've tried it, you realize it's not scary and it doesn't hurt. But so what do you say to people to sort of get them to embrace it? Yeah. I mean, I usually say, yes, I get that. Like I get that. I tell you, okay, you're going to come in, I'm going to stick a bunch of needles in you and then you're going to relax. That sounds a little bit Wild. They're like, wait, you want <laughs> me to like, relax wait, with needles yeah, in my what, face? How is that yeah. going to work? Well, first of all, I tell people it is not the needles that we think of. In fact, um, with kids, and I do treat kids sometimes, um, we call them flags or pins. The word needle is terrifying because we think of the hypodermic, you know, hollow needle that you get a flu shot through, and that hurts. Um, the acupuncture needles are tiny. You could actually fit about 20 acupuncture needles in that tip of the hypodermic needle, um, and most people don't even can 
can't even like imagine what that looks like until they see it. The other thing is like, it doesn't really hurt. It's not that you don't feel it at all, but a well-placed needle, um, in the acupuncture point, you feel the insertion of it, but you don't, it's not painful or uncomfortable. But what happens, and we know this now with science, is that with the insertion of the acupuncture needles, there's this sort of brain chemical cascade of neurotransmitters that gets you feeling like really relaxed. And so I call it the AccuNap that people take. It's sort of like, I don't know, like between, you're not really- Yeah, I'm not fully sleeping, but I'm- some Almost people sleeping. do fall oh, asleep. They do? Okay. Some people really do, but most people go into this sort of like la la land. It's yeah. this really this deep state like of relaxation. Zen. I'm just in a zen mode. Yeah, yeah, it's totally a zen mode. So um, when people are super nervous about it, I say just come in and try it. Like just come in and try it, and then you'll get it, and you'll be on the on the side of of like loving this. But for, it's not for everybody. There are some people that just really have fear of needles and then we'll do ear seeds or we'll do cupping or we have, I have a lot of, you know, tools in my toolbox or herbs. Um, but most of the time, once you experience it, it takes that fear away. So you, as you know, I, I've been doing acupuncture for my sinuses. So just explain to people like for me with my sinuses, like how does acupuncture help with the issue of sinuses for me? As I mentioned before, we have this sort of different way of diagnosing. So five people might come in with headaches and get five very different treatments based on what is going on. But with sinus stuff specifically, usually we consider that some like chi stagnation in the face. So there's a lot of points that we can use that help to sort of open up the channels that go to the face. But then we're also working locally often and putting little tiny needles like right around your nose and above your sinuses that help to relax those muscles too. And then there's other, depending on what other symptoms arise, like as you you said, like I asked a lot of questions when you came in because I want to try to figure out what else might be contributing to this. So we'll target those, those things. But sinus um, issues, headaches, allergies, migraines. Res- I have migraines. a friend that comes to you for migraines. They respond yeah. really well to these treatments yep. when the alternatives are often meds that like might might um, sort of squash those symptoms, but could cause other things down the road. You know, people take migraine meds that can be really helpful, but then sometimes they feel really groggy the next day. And if we can get to the root cause of this and make you feel better and, you know, promote your body's ability to heal, then we will. And if not, then like, yes. I mean, sometimes I do send people back to their doctors um, and I say like, you need the bigger guns right now. I really believe in this sort of integrative model. Um, I, I often say like, I like to be in the gray zone. Sometimes like I like to know that you can have all of these things and you have to pick what has the most benefits with the least amount of risk. But there are times when you absolutely need antibiotics. Yep. Been there, done that. I know. Um, Okay. So you mentioned this earlier, the whole fertility situation, and that that can be really hard for so many of our friends and women. And I've had some personal, some really good friends that have done acupuncture and it's helped them get pregnant. But when I tell people that that's a thing and it really is true, like I'm really thinking about my mom, I, when I've explained it to my mom, she doesn't understand. She's like, I don't understand how acupuncture could help someone get pregnant. So explain to the listener out there, like, how does that even happen? Yeah. Well, this is, it is fascinating. It is really fascinating. And it's, um, acupuncture has been used successfully for fertility for, you know, thousands of years, but more recently we do have a lot of data to sort of back this up. And it's really cool to see. I am like such a big fan of being able to see on paper that like this, this is helpful. But what 
what we think is happening from the Chinese medicine point of view, we're trying to just like keep things open and moving and target usually any other issues that somebody might think is completely unrelated to fertility, which again is why I ask all those questions. But if your digestion's a mess or you're not sleeping, often I'll target that first and fertility kind of becomes like a byproduct of overall health. So that's one of the things I'm thinking about. And then we're going to really target your cycle and see like what's going on. Do you have um, irregular cycles or, you know, what else is going on? Um, But one of the things we think from a more like biomedical or sciencey side to it is that it's it's sort of regulating hormonal production in the body and so that's just really helpful and of course like once you're trying to get pregnant it becomes stressful really yeah. really quickly and you think about it all the time you think about right. it all the time and if it's a space where people can come in and talk about it and sort of vent a little bit although I'm always referring people to, to therapists too to really like work through that but that time just spent on the table relaxing and having mm. your body be put into that you know rest digest repair mode which is where like reproduction happens also you know if we go back to this idea that when you're stressed out your body um, our, our bodies are designed to feel like they're being attacked by or a tiger might come and that's when your your body also says like you know this is not the time to bring a baby into the world and I I never say to people like don't stress out about it because I don't think that that is is helpful. It's not that helpful. You yeah. can't you can't really like stop that and that can be I don't know hard to hear. But if we can do things to help you come out of that stress phase, um, it's super helpful. And I I joke like I have a, a iPhone library of P six that people have sent me. I love their positive pregnancy tests. I love getting those. It's such a um, an honor to be part of people's yes. journeys towards pregnancy and. And um, it's it's just something that I think acupuncture and Chinese medicine really um, excels at. Yes, and that must make you feel so good that you're helping so many so people good. with like I love something it. so good and positive, right? So Getting great. that good news in your phone—that's awesome. It's I love the best. that. Then when you have a hard day at work, you look back at that and you're like, "This is why I'm doing yeah, this." Right? I feel like I have those yes. kind of. I feel very fortunate that I have those kind of like real wins a mm-hmm. lot where people feel great and it's it makes yeah. everything all the challenges of being a busy working mom it makes it worth it yeah totally moments. I love that well so one of the things that you offer and that you mentioned um and I did it with you or the ear seeds. Yes. And when I did it and I posted on on Instagram, I got so many questions. It was like weird. That was like <laughs> one thing I got a ton of questions about from people. They didn't understand. They thought I got my ears pierced. Oh, I know. They were like, what is she doing? What is that for? What does that do? Does that really help? Is like people really thought I got like multiple piercings with you in the office. So explain to people the whole, why we all love ear seeds. Okay. Well, we love the ear seeds that you shared because they're super cute. But the backstory is that um, there, there's a probably about a hundred acupuncture points on the ear that we can use for all sorts of different um, ailments. It's very cool. And the back, the history of that's like really is complicated, but um, ear seeds are basically little beads that can go on those points and put a little bit of pressure on those points to sort of provoke the same effect that an acupuncture needle would. So I used to always use them at the end of an acupuncture treatment to sort of continue that like nap sort of like la 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 zen feeling. Um, send us off with that Send good you off feeling. with that. Yeah. And, and then um, I would started to do like more of the ear seeds at events and I would find that people had those same effects and just felt great with them. Um, and so traditionally the ear seeds were these little kind of brown 
balls. They were actually real seeds um, that looked that were put on with almost like a Band-Aid kind of material. They were not attractive. Um, but this really brilliant company um, created ones that have little Swarovski crystals on top of them. They're called earseeds.com. You can find them there. Um, and they're really fun. And they're, it's a great way to get people talking about like acupuncture and the benefits of it. And um, yeah, I don't know if you, you felt it, but most people feel like really just relaxed or they sleep better with earseeds on. Yeah. And, well, and that was cute. the whole point, right? It was yeah. anxiety, stress, and sleep. Those mm-hmm. were all the things we were going for. And yes, it was very helpful. So I really appreciated that so much. Now let's talk a little bit about cupping since that's something you sure. mentioned that you guys offer. And that was sort of made famous, I feel like by Gwyneth, yep. by Gwyneth Paltrow. So explain what cupping is and how it can help people. Sure. So, you know, I, I, my title is an acupuncturist because it's sort of the easiest way to explain what I, what I do and people like me do, but really we're practitioners of Chinese medicine and acupuncture is just one of the sort of like uh, tenets of Chinese medicine and cupping is another big one. So cupping is a lot like massage, like a deep tissue massage, but in reverse. So instead of pressing into an area, we're actually like pulling up the outer layer of like skin tissue to create space. So it it can help promote um, lymphatic drainage and promote circulation while also bringing up um, like the stagnancy in the tissues up to the surface. And that's where those like brown marks come from. So yes, Gwyneth was probably the first one over a decade ago. I think she wore a low back dress somewhere with those cupping marks and got people talking. And then Michael Phelps at the Summer Olympics I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, also had these marks all over. And I remember the night that he came out with those on my, my text messages were like out of control. People were like, do you see those copying marks? But it really sort of increased the popularity of it. Again, it's, it's something that like looks weird and some people think could be painful, but it's not. I mean, it feels And the marks so go away. Good. The marks go away. Yep. The, the marks are that sort of stagnancy in the tissue. Um, some people call it like cellular debris that's left behind from inflammation. It's like bringing that up to the surface so that it can clear out. So um, it is... It's hard to explain how good it feels when you have them come off. There's just usually this freedom in the area that you cupped. And for, you know, as we mentioned before, a lot of people are stressed out and we hold a lot of tension in our neck and shoulder region. Um, so yeah, cupping is part of my arsenal for myself. My kids love cupping too, if that oh, if that's helpful. How cute that with it's your not girls. scary. They yes. love it. I try not to send them to school with cupping marks on them. But the teachers, um, you <laughs> might get a colic. What's going What's on? What's going on? Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's great also for respiratory stuff. So this time of year when people have colds and flus, it can help open up the um, the lung and the, the lungs and the, the muscles of the back. So yeah, I think it's great. so cool. So great. So, you know, I love good news and I feel like you have had a lot of good news lately. You guys have been growing and expanding your business. And now you're working with your twin sister who's in Colorado. She's, you guys are the cutest sisters ever, by the way. Um, But explain to us like why you wanted to bring her in and really sort of bring the whole nutrition component into Indigo. I know they... Like, I get it why they all kind of work together. Yeah. But so were you just sort of ready to grow and expand and your sister was ready to yeah. jump well, on board? Yeah, well, she's actually my younger sister. I do have a twin sister, too, oh, who okay. works. She's a therapist. She and looks then, so much like you. I, I thought know. she was your I'm twin. one of four. And then we have an older brother who owns a pizza shop. So, like, oh, right. we, we joke that about pizza's him. our religion, yeah. too. We, we, we incorporate that into wellness. Um, so, Carolyn, yes, yeah, she was in New York City. She decided to move out to Denver um, earlier this year. And she was trying to figure out what she wanted to do practice wise. And it seemed like it just would have was a natural fit. We, you know, I care a lot about nutrition and I think what you eat 
really matters in how you feel overall. And uh, there is some nutrition that comes into play with Chinese medicine. Um, but I felt like I didn't have enough bandwidth to really like offer that. So I'm not a nutritionist, but I do include a lot of sort of nutritionist self-care um, from the Chinese medicine perspective. But it felt just really complimentary to have somebody that could offer a little bit more one-on-one -on -one guidance. So she is now doing... Um, one-on-one -on -one, like Zoom or Skype sessions with people, but we also created what we're calling the Indigo Nutrition Club, which is just a way um, to keep people sort of supported and accountable in a community and like a group aspect. And she's giving like these amazing tips, but that are really fun and practical. It's sort of what we're both about is like practical tips. We don't want you feeling like you have to overhaul your life, but like, how can you think about, um, you know, eating real food, not to necessarily lose weight or, you know, have, although, you know, she works with people with those goals, but like how to just feel good and mm -hmm. how, what you eat plays a role in that. So that just sort of happened naturally because at the same time we built this other program together that's called the Fruitful Program, which is an online um, preconception program. So it's sort of going back to my fertility interest and hers in sort of how nutrition is, plays a role in that. So too. the Fruitful so, Program is part of Indigo as well. Um, like it's, it's a separate of, piece of oh, okay. it. So that... Um, I mean, you're so you know, busy. I know. There's so I'm, many I'm like things this, juggling, juggling, balancing, yes. balancing. Well, That's I have amazing. learned that there's a law of physics. The more you juggle, yeah. the more you drop. <laughs> That's <laughs> so okay. I'm dealing with that, but um, yeah, that that is sort of a side thing that we're, yeah. we're doing right now, and we're having so much fun with that. And again, it's sort of trying to support women, create this community where people can have conversations that aren't normally talked about. The the sort of trying to conceive phase of life can be really hard, and to have women that are maybe not even thinking or not even trying yet, but they're starting to think about it and they want to figure out how they can optimize their mm -hmm. health. Um, so that just launched in January. We're like halfway through our first group right now and we're just having a blast. So yeah, a lot of things have happened this year. I've written yes, two books too. I know. Like I just, I don't know how it all happened. Yeah, this it just way, does. But it follow just does. It. You, you just, follow it, follow the signs that are leading exactly. you in the right direction. Sometimes I say like, I just feel like I'm on this journey and I want to yeah. share information with people and I want people to feel great. And wherever that takes me, I just like, I'm on along for the ride. Yes, that's such a good mantra. It's so good. So if people want to feel good in 2020 with their nutrition, what are you and your sister like? Give us just like, what are your favorite like superfoods? Yeah. Or what are sort of some things that we should be thinking about with our nutrition just to feel good this year? I think we really want to think about what we're adding in instead of what we're taking out. I think there's a lot of diets out there that can feel very restrictive. And I know from the, the patients I see in my own practice, like being restrictive is not usually a solution for like long-term change. We end up feeling, you know, deprived and it doesn't feel good. So instead of thinking about cutting out carbs or, you know, removing things from your diet, think about adding in vegetables. So we have a challenge. Our first week of the Indigo Nutrition Challenge was eating the rainbow. So how many vegetables can you get in in a week? And I think that those kind of challenges are really fun. They're motivating. They don't make you feel like you know, like you're restricting things. And so to do it in this group, we do it all through Facebook and Carolyn really runs the show and I sort of help support her. But people were sending pictures of like making rainbow veggies with their kids and soups with all these different colors. So when you start thinking about that, then you you don't have as much space to think about the junk and the processed food. And so, yeah, this week it's about water and how much yes. water can you drink every day. And I'm doing a gallon every day. Awesome. Yeah. Yep, so it's a lot. everybody has to like share a picture in the yep. morning of their two pints. Mm -hmm glasses mm -hmm. of water that they're going to drink so before good. they get going. And it becomes sort of like 
fun and um, people feel accountable yeah. to. So those so that I guess would be our biggest uh, yeah. thing is like, what can you add in um, to just feel better? Yes. Well, hopefully everyone out there is listening to your rainbow conversation because I'm going to do some rainbow. I'm going to do some more colorful vegetables, especially with my kids. I think it's so, they get more excited when it is more colorful on the plate. So I feel like I should be the same. I should yeah. be like my kids. No, and it's, it's so gonna fun. be good for me too. Listen, so. like unicorns are really big out there right now with little girls. <laughs> yes. And so I tell them my my daughters who are seven and four, I'm like, if you want a chance at being a unicorn, you have to eat lots of rainbow colored veggies. And they've so learned to like love veggies because we have fun with it too yep. and we make fun fun dishes together. So that's yeah. so fun. So let's talk a little bit about how you're juggling all this, right? Cause we're talking about how busy, you, <laughs> how busy we all are, especially you. And you've had so much growth and excitement this year, but just what is like some practical advice? Cause I feel like this is something we all struggle with, right? Balancing juggling. I kind of don't even like the word balance anymore, but you guys just to get the gist of what I'm trying to get at is like, how are you managing how are you doing so much? And just give us a little practical advice about how we can sort of do it all as well. Yeah. Uh, I also have a problem with the word balance. I feel like we have this image in our head of like a tightrope walker. It's very scary to think about falling off that. I think of it more as the balance that you would need on a surfboard. Like you need to kind of ride the waves. And um, sometimes that means that, you know, obviously my kids are always the priority, but sometimes my attention needs to be on this part of my business or that part of my business. And it's learning to kind of shift and prioritize. Um, but yeah, I've been really busy and I think it's be very easy for my own self-care to kind of fall to the wayside. So I really try to find time to take a walk. And sometimes I'll take a walk and just listen to music and turn my phone on, do not disturb. Mm -hmm. And I know I'll come back to messages and things that I need to respond to. Um, but I need to sort of create those that boundaries, space, those yeah. boundaries, yeah. um, where I used to feel like I needed to respond to emails right away uh, and text messages. It's really, really hard. Um, but if I can set aside time to do certain tasks, it feels like it's just a lot more manageable. And as I said, yeah, balls get dropped sometimes and I forgot to, you know, sign up for Girl Scout cookies or <laughs> whatever, whatever little life thing is. But I also have learned to laugh about it and get rid of some of that like mom guilt and shame that I know we all carry. But I think if anything, there's a, a lesson that I'm hopefully teaching my mm -hmm. daughters and that, that like, oh, it's yeah. okay to mess up sometimes. Yeah. I think I yeah. have, no one's perfect. Yeah. And yeah. I have like definitely perfectionist like qualities and I don't like to not be giving a hundred percent at everything, but I'm learning to like let go a little bit. And that's been a huge lesson this last year. Are I also you, are you very, good at delegating? I've gotten okay. much better. I yeah. think I was terrible at it. Yeah. I wanted to do everything I know, my I way. With that too. But you can only handle so much. Mm -hmm. So I also have built a great team around me. I have amazing people that I work with in my office. I, my husband's super mm -hmm. dad and he handles more than his share of responsibilities sometimes. I also am very fortunate to have family around who help with childcare. Yeah, that's and huge. That's yeah. and great, you know, we have great daycare and great school. So, um, yeah, it's really just sort of like building that support system. And I know that I will continue to have to do that as I continue to expand, but, um, 
but it becomes a priority to not just like fill the space, fill it with somebody that really knows that I can trust. And mm-hmm. um, it's hard though. Yeah. You do have such a good team. I feel like you do. And that's important, right? And surrounding yourself with good people. Yeah. Yeah. And the supportive spouse is huge. So, so huge. Yeah. And I think with, you know, people and team, all of these things, it's a lot about just sort of trusting your intuition. Mm-hmm. I have learned to really trust my intuition. If like this person feels like they're going to be a good person in my life, then I... Then I rope them in yeah. and I you're never like, let go. You're, you're along <laughs> like for the ride with me, with me, the indigo ride. Yep. Well, so what's been the biggest challenge for you as a small business owner? Um, I feel like it can't always, every day probably isn't, you know, rainbow, yeah. rainbow colored vegetables. It's not. So what's been the biggest challenge along the way for you? And then how are you overcoming that challenge? That's a great question. I think um, I wear two big hats when it comes to indigo specifically. I am a practitioner first, and I really want to care about what what is coming in the door and coming into my office. Um, but I also care about like how, you know, our brand and sort of what we're doing and how we're giving back. So like we mentioned before with the ear seeds, every month we decided we were going to do like an ear seed campaign and the money goes back to a local charity. So that's been really like a great thing that we've been able to do. Um, but we had to figure these things out. There was no, there was zero blueprint for me when it comes to opening a practice, um, like this and, you know, just, yeah, trying to balance it at all and be a mom and a friend and a, a, you know, sister, it's, um, it is challenging for me to feel like I'm not doing my best at certain things, but I know I'm not. And You're I know not. that I surround myself yeah. with people that, um, yeah, you have a great crew. I have you such do. a great yeah. crew of supportive women. Yeah. Who are a lot of entrepreneurs that you're friends with. I feel like that's helpful too, right? So helpful. I did not have that when I first moved up here mm-hmm. and first was starting my practice. I found like, I felt very alone in this trying to like be a mom, but also work and build a business mm-hmm. too. And then I sort of got lucky and found a, a bunch of women who do completely different things than me. Like we, we don't have a lot in common on paper, except that they're not all doing acupuncture. No, no there aren't a lot of acupuncturists <laughs> out there. I don't know um, what you mean. Yeah. So, but like the common thread in a lot of these women that I have great relationships with is like, we're all busting our asses mm-hmm. and we want to have fun and we want to, you know, you want to do good. Too. You want to do, do good, good out things. there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I think that this, idea of like community, um, that I am putting into action with both Indigo and this fruitful program. I'm really applying that to my own life too. Like I just want to be surrounded by like kick-ass women like you. Yeah. Oh, you're so great. I think community is so important. It's like one of my words when I did this like test, one of my words that came out was community. So we're totally on the same page. Now, what do you think about, you know, when you think about your girls and being a mom, I know it's so, so important to you, but what is like, being a mom, what has that taught you about health and wellness? I feel like you probably have gotten even more like in in line with health and wellness now that you're a mom, right? I think that it has reminded me that like how much you can do preventatively, to, uh, and you see that with little kids. Like, yes, they get sick. I mean, germs are around, but um, if you really do focus on eating really good food and staying hydrated, like knock on wood, my kids have been relatively healthy, but also to have fun and let go a little bit and have some balance. Like we will go out for, you know, ice cream, the, what is it? Um, Dairy Queen in Stanford on Yay! a hot summer day. Like so I'm good. like, yes, let's, yes, do, let's it. do it. Um, and that is, you know, that's why we, that's why I care so much about health and wellness so that you can go do those things and feel good doing it and not feel guilty mm-hmm. or, um, or whatever, and just sort of move on from there because you want to, you know, have feel like you've 
you've done everything in life. That's how I want to feel at the, at the end of it all. Like I had fun and lived it up. Yeah. And your girls too. You want to have fun with them. That's so cute. So you've written, like we talked about two books, which is not one, but two. So it's so incredible, but I'm sure people probably ask you this all the time. Like they come to you and they're like, I have an idea for the, for a book, Sarah. Um, so everyone probably has a, a great story to tell, but if someone out there is listening and they have an idea for a book, they think they have an idea, what what sort of advice would you give them? Because this seems like very daunting, right? Well, to write not just one, but you've written two yes. successful so books. So I actually had a very like unique experience as, as far as writing books goes. Um, this publishing company came to me um, last year, wow. right around this time, and they said, Amazing. we... Um, we have found that there's a need um, in the market for a book on acupuncture that's like a, a patient-centered guide. So not like a, a textbook um, and not just like a blog out there. And it was very timely because I had thought the same thing. I'd had a patient the week before that like wanted to learn more about it. But all that I could offer her was like a pretty heavy textbook on the philosophy of it all. And I, that wasn't the right fit. So this publisher came to me, they said, um, they had found something else that I had written. They wanted a really sort of practical voice, um, sort of very conversational covering everything about Chinese medicine. And I, at at first was like, nope, I'm not a writer. (laughs) I like to talk. I like to chat. I don't like to sit down and write, but I couldn't figure out or find a reason why I couldn't do it. And I actually really loved it. It was like falling in love with the medicine all over again. And I really wanted to cover sort of the history of it and how it works from the Chinese medicine perspective, but also I wanted to try to translate it into words that people understood. I feel like I understood everything. I was like, I totally got it more. Thank you. And you just, you were so good the way you laid it out with like all the common questions, all the different conditions that it helps, just everything that anyone ever wants to know, it's all in there. So I thought that was great. And then your second book, All About Self-Care, right? This is the more recent book. And both these books, by the way, will be in the show notes of this episode. But I love talking so much about self-care. And obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about it in this in this um, interview. But why do you think self-care is so important to us? And why did you want to write a book all about self-care? Well, so same publishing company after I finished the first book, they came back and they said, we, we really, we want this book on this topic. So this is self-care um, or aromatherapy for self-care specifically. And I do use some essential oils in my practice and at home. But I also felt like there was this need to talk about self-care in this practical way and not like the, you know, hashtag self-care of Instagram, which like hooray for, you know, luxurious spa baths. But like that's not practical. That's not practical self-care. And so I had a lot of ideas um, about how I wanted to share that with people. And that's really what this book is all about. Like, it's not about overhauling your life. It's not about, um, yeah, needing to meditate for an hour every morning. Hooray for you if you can do that. But for us busy mamas, that's not really practical. Yeah, we might have two minutes. So it's yeah. about sort of, you know, there's this, I created this self-care pyramid in the book. It's like the basics and then sort of working your way up like the food pyramid. Um, you know, sleep is super important and we need to really prioritize that. So do, in your eyes, is sleep part of self-care? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yes. that's 
these okay. are like the basic And like you things. saying, talking about going for a walk. Going for a walk is self-care. self-care. It doesn't have yes. to be this I'm like expensive yes. thing. Although I'm not knocking a, you know, a day at the spa. Yes. I would love that right. too. That would be like right. a great self-care. But more but practical. Practical yeah. everyday things and just learning how to, you know, turning off your cell phone mm-hmm. for a little while. That's self-care too. Mm-hmm. And then um, the power of essential oils. You know, I love my herbs and um, plants. So weaving that in, in a way that... Um, that just feels easy. That's what that book is all about. So I think I'm going to take a break from book writing. For okay. A little bit. That, okay. That now was, that you've um, done two big ones. That was, it's a lot of work, yeah. but it is like, it's cool to see it out there. I just got a message from somebody in India who oh, just wow. read the aromatherapy book and she loved it. And so to read the reviews that are coming yeah, in, that's so cool. it feels really yeah, that feels great good for you. There. So yeah. So if someone has an idea though for a book, what is your advice yeah, to I don't, them? You say I, I like, think, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Yes. I mean, there's so many cool ways to think about publishing now. And I think I learned so much from Instagram. I love that as a sort of education tool. Um, There's so many different like blogging platforms. So start there. But if you really do want to write a book, I would put together a proposal. I think publishers really do want to see like an outline and know that you've thought this through. So go for it. I mean, like I think anytime you have an idea or a thought about doing something that you feel is big, even if it's scary and intimidating, Go for it. That's been. It's almost better mantra. if it is scary and intimidating. If it's right? not scary and intimidating, yeah. I don't know if it's worth it. I think you need to kind of have a little bit of that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, getting out of our comfort getting zone. Getting out of our comfort yes. zone. But yes. you know, also keeping self care in there yes. too. You don't want to be out of your comfort zone too. I know. Too I often. know. We're gonna always remember that from Sarah. So what? So okay, no more books. But what else is ahead for you and Indigo in 2020? I feel like you have a lot going on. I don't know. But so what do you when you look down at like 2020 for you guys? What do you see? You just see a lot of um, goodness coming from you and your sister and helping more people. Um, The fruitful program is like my baby right now that we're bringing out into the world. But as far as Indigo goes, I don't know. I do really feel like there's more ahead and I'm just following this path. And I've had a couple of people mention like, why don't you open a location up in... Westport. I'm like, oh, I, we could do that. Or why don't you expand here and include more um, other sort of um, healthcare providers that would work together? And I love all of these ideas. So I'm not, um, as much as I said that 2020 might be about slowing down a little bit, I'm not sure. I'm already feeling like I'm on a ride that I'm, I'm not quite ready to get off of. So I'm, I don't know. But that is sort of my philosophy in life is like, I'm not saying no to anything right now. And um, I'm going to see where this all takes me as long as I remember to, you know, slow down sometimes and take some walks. Yeah, that's good. And get some sleep. Get some sleep. Sleep is actually like for me, that's my number one. mm -hmm. I can't do any of the things I do unless I'm prioritizing sleep. So I sometimes put my kids to bed and (laughs) hit the pillow. Yeah, that's right. I know. I've made a big shift in my sleep too. Now that I'm 47, I really realized how important it is. It's so important. That's where really all of our repair happens in the body. And I've really kind of done a deep dive on this on the, um, the, you know, science level, but we, we cannot keep really, you know, cutting or, you know, burning the candle on both ends and expect that we can handle it all. So how can people find you, Sarah? Is Instagram the best way? Yeah. Instagram um, is great. I just love sharing information. So I try to, to do a lot there. So that's um, Indigo Wellness Group um, on Instagram or our website, indigowellnessgroup.com. And then the fruitful program is uh, fruitfulprogram.com. But all of that is on the website too. So you can kind of find all yeah, of Yeah. And you're really books. good at Instagram. Thank 
Thank you. I yeah. love it. I think it, it, I have a creative sort of background and I think it sort of taps into everything and it's fun. I, I know your so Instagram is really good. I know. It's, it's, it's so cool. good. That's how I found you. So Yay. it's all good. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I love spending time with you. The more that I get to know you, I just like love you more and kudos to our friend Ruth yes, who Ruth. loves you. Our mutual friend Ruth Aww. loves you. And, um, it's just like good, good, always good with you. Oh, well, I'm so happy to be here. I learned so, so much. I learned so much. I am too. I feel you. like I'm late to the Nina's Got Good News party. Oh, no. I'm gonna, like, you're you're number not one late. Fan no, now. it's just warming up. We're just getting going with I you, love Sarah. It. And well, again, I love what you're doing. And it's, I love this idea of sort of supporting other women and sharing good news. It really, it's, um, it's important. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, here's to good health and more self care in 2020. And again, you guys, Sarah's books will, all the information on her books will be in the show notes of this podcast. Thank you so much to Sarah. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Remember, you can find Nina's Got Good News on iTunes and Spotify, also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Outcast. And now we are also on Pandora. Please be sure to subscribe. Also, rate and review all her podcasts, too. And be sure to share it with a friend. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community in the audio space. Please follow my mom on Instagram. Her handle is Nina B. Clark. Don't forget, Clark has an E at the end of it. For now, I'm Blaine Clark. Thank you again for listening, and let's just keep being awesome. XOXO.